stand together as we sing together. Holy, holy, holy. from God's word. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Everybody together, exalt the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and on the earth, you are exalted head over all. Many, Lord, my God, are the wonders which you have done, and your thoughts toward us, no one compares with you. Together, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let's sing together to the name of our God, oh, for a thousand tongues, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great
your glory. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that we can gather here in your name, your name, Jesus Christ, that name that is above all names, that name that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you, Jesus Christ, are Lord. And Lord, it's in you that we come into this sanctuary out of the cold and Lord, out of the cold spiritual darkness and into your wonderful warm light. And Lord, we, we experience your blessings. Lord, as we offer up our worship, Lord, I pray that you would accept it. Lord Jesus, as we offer up our worship, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, take our hearts, Lord. Lord, uh, let us feel your presence. Help us to understand your will. Lord, as we open up your word, Lord, I pray that you'd plant seeds in our hearts. And Lord, as we leave this place, let us leave changed. Let us be full of your grace and your power. As we worship in your name and all God's people said, amen. Please be seated. I just wanted to take a moment and turn your attention to a few things that you can find in your bulletin, or if you would um, text the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900, you can have options there uh, to communicate with us or to see the bulletin or to see what is going on here at Anastasia. Um, one of the most pertinent things that's on my mind is Thursday, January 25th at 6 p.m. King's Brass will be here. Uh, as I've mentioned before, uh, I've known Tim Zimmerman for the last 30 years. Um, he's been traveling for the last 45 uh, with different groups. And so uh, they will be here, and it is a, it's a privilege and just something great I, I'm looking forward to um, they are wonderful musicians. Uh, they are believers. They are Christians. And they come from that position um, of faith. Um, the music, you heard a little bit of a blend of what you can expect. Um, and we're doing that at 6 o'clock so that it's a little bit earlier in your evening um, than what they normally do. Normally it would be 7, um, seven o'clock. So uh, Thursday, January 25th at 6 PM, you will not want to miss that. Uh, we are having a congregational business meeting, a called meeting for January 28th, next Sunday. That will be at 4 PM. And there are some things with 4G um, that have come up that uh, we'd like to discuss and for you to interact with. And so that will be next Sunday at 4 PM in the CLC um, for a 4G meeting. Champion Men's event is coming up. You can find more information there as well. But that is February 3rd at 9.30 a.m. And then this Discovery Members class is meeting February 4th. It's a great way to learn about what's going on in the life of our church. March, I know that no one's thinking that far ahead, I'm sure, right? Um, we're trying to get out of January, <laughs> Uh, but Impact Weekend uh, registration is beginning, and Impact Weekend is that first weekend in March, 1st through the 3rd. And so we want to make sure that you're aware of that, and parents to get your, to get your uh, youth signed up for that. 
We thank you for your attention. The choir is going to sing now as we're going to continue focusing on the name of our Savior.
like for you to stand again, please, with us. At the name of Jesus, all will confess that he is Lord. Let's sing about that throne of God above. Before the throne. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. The great high priest whose name is love, whoever pleads and Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. Upward I look and see him there, made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just God.
Now, before you're seated, we want you to take a moment, welcome someone here, especially someone you may not know. Make sure they're coming Thursday. Go. Good morning. So, um, you know, this past week we had a wonderful kickoff back to uh, the Wednesday nights. So don't don't applaud till the end. We had uh, 200, 260 in kids praise. We had uh, seventy five uh, young adults and youth. We had thirty eight in ladies Bible study. We had twenty five in men's Bible study. We had about 60 in the choir and orchestra in here rehearsing. We had 20-plus people in Lifehouse. So we had a, almost 500 people here on Wednesday night. If, if you haven't been here on a Wednesday night, you can come for dinner, check out the crowd, watch all the kids run around. It's, a, it's just the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And the, and, the most, and the most important part is, as soon as we open these buildings over here, we're going to fill them up on Wednesday nights because we fill every room we have on campus right now on Wednesday nights. That's just amazing. And this is all because of the generosity of this congregation, and we thank you so much. Um, we had a, uh, a uh, call it a momentous occasion this week where we uh, turned all the power off in this building and in the CLC next door so that we could turn the power on in the Next Gen Center. So, not the next gym center, the rec center, sorry. In the rec center. Um, there's a lot of buildings. Um, <clears throat> in the rec center, so that's um, moving forward rapidly. We should, we should get that building opened here in a few more months, we hope. So we just want to thank you for your generosity, and uh, let's pray. Father God, we, just, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to serve in your house. We thank you for the ability to be here. Father, we thank you for the the wonderful volunteers and the staff that, that make this happen. Father, we thank you for the generosity of this congregation. We thank you for those who give of their time, their tithes, and their talents. Father, we just ask that as we take this offering that you would take it and use it only for your kingdom, Father, and you would lead, guide us, and direct us in how to do that. Father, we just want to just thank you, Father, for the gift of your son and the eternal life that he provides. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. I just want to echo what, what Bill has said. You guys are, are so fabulous. And um, it, it, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're doing what we're doing in the construction. And those of you that are new here, you see a lot of construction around the place. And, and we're calling this emphasis for generations to come. And we use the, the shorthand 4G. But it's four generations to come, and we feel like God needs us to position ourselves so that we can minister, not just to this generation, but for generations to come, because God's kingdom is not ending, okay? He is still going to be working in power in the next generation 
uh, needs us to share that. And so we're building a rec center. Like he said, we got the power on there. We had to turn off all the power to everything uh, in these buildings. So there's all kinds of glitches going on this morning. The tech team is just so happy. But that's, that's the, that's, if you see some sort of glitch, that's just progress. That's progress, okay? And uh, if you go in there, a lot of things are, are, are just going on. Uh, when I shared a, a prayer request, when I shared a, a video with you by email, uh, and you saw that video, I'm sure all of you opened up that email I sent. I, mo- most of you opened up my email, yeah, and, and I, I share a video with you of what's going on. And, and what I, instead of sharing with you another picture of this, the, the steel framing and stuff going on inside, which will be going on for a while, um, I wanted to share a video of the rocks that you guys prepared. And remember, we put prayer requests on those rocks and blessings and scriptures on those rocks. And if you look out that porch at the, that wall, that three-story wall with those doors there, underneath that wall, that's where all those rocks are. And I shared that video where the concrete was going over that, where we, we put the prayers of the saints uh, below that foundation. And I just want to say, keep praying. Keep praying for the next generation. It's not about building buildings. It's about reaching the next generation for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. And let me just give you a little progress report. I'll put a little graph up on the screen right now. A progress on where we are to our goal. This is the year of claiming the vision. This is the year we're going to move into the rec center. This is the year we're going to move into the next gen center. We have a goal to get to 8.7 million by the end of this year. Already, we're at 6.9. Nine six, almost nine point nine seven million. We're almost at seven million dollars toward that. And do you realize most of that's been raised in the last four years? And so uh, God has has blessed us. I'm so grateful for that, and thank you for your generosity. It's not about raising money. It's not about building buildings. It's about providing the right ministries to reach the next generation so that they understand what it is to to follow Jesus Christ. So thank you so very much. There's going to be a a business meeting next Sunday. Uh, I just officially need to announce that to you. It's January 28th, 4 o'clock p.m. right here in this room. And what we're doing is we anticipate, we have smart, smart people that are uh, working on this project. And they said there'll probably be a time in, in May, June, July, somewhere in that time, we're going to need some temporary bridge financing. And so instead of going to a bank, we're going to ask if there are people that want to um, give bonds or, or borrow for the, or lend short-term to the church. And so we got to get permission uh, to, uh, to release or, or let out some unsecured bonds to the church if people would like to participate with that. That will be the discussion. That will be the only thing we do. Uh, next Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock p.m. If you'd like to come, you are invited. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your contributions to for generations to come, whether you give it online or in the offering boxes or however. And, and we're partnering together. We're going to reach this generation. We're going to reach this generation for Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Now let's get into the Word of God. Turn to Titus, okay? Turn to the book of Titus. We're exploring the book of Titus. Titus lays a foundation for godly living. And so you find Titus, if you have a paper Bible, it's toward the end. It's in the New Testament, not the Old Testament. It's the New Testament. It's a tiny little book. Three chapters, okay? Three chapters. If, uh, if you uh, can find that in your Bible, you get the Job Well Done Award from Pastor Walter, Okay? Everyone ought to know how to find Titus in the Bible. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, 
just want to let you know this, the context of this passage. And the reason we're going through this is we want people to understand that foundation for godly living. We need to be examples uh, to the next generation. We need to be examples to the world around us. And Titus helps us understand that. Now, the context of this passage is this is 30 years, about 30 years after the crucifixion and resurrection. And the Apostle Paul had been out through the Mediterranean. He's starting churches, and he's planting churches, and he's raising up that next level of leadership, and he's helping to mentor some leaders. And there's some, some leaders like Timothy and Titus that he is, he is helping them to understand what it means to be a leader. And then what he started doing was assigning them churches for them to take on leadership. And Timothy, he was assigned the church at Ephesus, and Titus was assigned the church at Crete. Now, Timothy was assigned this church at Ephesus, had all this mature leadership, all this, this great uh, background and foundation there. Titus was assigned Crete. Crete was like Las Vegas on steroids, okay? People go to that island, whatever happens in Crete, it stays on Crete, okay? Loose, loose morals. And Titus was called to grow them in the Lord, okay? And so what happened was, as Paul left those leaders there, those young leaders to, to work with those churches, he wrote them encouraging letters. He wrote two letters to Timothy. We have it as 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. And he wrote a letter to Titus, helping them understand uh, what it means. Now, when I look at the Bible, I try to have a little bit of a thumbnail in my head of what every book of the Bible is. For instance, if I'm looking at the book of Galatians, I think of the book of Galatians. The thing that comes to mind is this, faith and works, okay? Faith, that I am saved by faith alone, not by works, okay? That's what I understand when I look at the book of Galatians. If I look at the book of James, James talks about the relationship of faith and works. Well, if I'm looking at the book of Titus, Titus helps me understand what, it, what kind of character I need to have because of grace, because of the grace of Jesus Christ, because of salvation, because of forgiveness, what kind of character should that show in my life? And that's what Titus is all about. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me as I read the first nine verses. Pastor Sam last week uh, opened up the first four verses. I'm going to focus on verses five through nine. But I'm, to give us some context, I'm going to start at verse one. And this is what the word of God says. Paul, Paul, a servant of God, and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. And, and do you see the connection there? The knowledge of truth, moving into godliness, there's a connection there. In hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I've been entrusted by the command of God our Savior to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you, if anyone's above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach, he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. 
He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to to rebuke those who contradict it. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this word. Lord, help us to be the people of character that you called us to be. Lord, help us uh, that when we go out into the world, people would, would see us, but they would also see you and your influence in our lives. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So Paul, Paul wrote this, verse 5. I'll start at verse 5. He says this, this is why I left you in Crete. This is why you are stuck in Crete, okay? This is the reason here, okay? There is a reason that Titus was, was left there. And, and, and Paul was explaining himself to Titus. Can you imagine being this young guy, okay, Titus? And he gets to go all around the Mediterranean starting churches with the Apostle Paul. And they're, starting, they're seeing the amazing things that the Apostle Paul is, is doing in the power of the Holy Spirit. They're witnessing God working. And, and so they're, they're seeing all this going on. And so they get to Crete and they start this church and the team is working together. They start this church in Sin City and the ministry is taking off. And then at the proper time, the whole team starts packing up and they're getting ready to go on to the next place. And Paul turns to Titus and say, you're going to stay here. Everyone else is going to go, but, but you're going you're gonna to stay here. You need to keep things running. You're going to be the leader here. And I, I, I can't imagine what Titus was thinking as he's standing on the dock and the sailing boat is sailing away and he's waving at Paul. And he's thinking, so why am I here what have I gotten into? And Paul wrote this. He said, this is why I left you in Crete. He, he said, this is not a punishment. This is not arbitrary. There's a reason. There's a reason that you're here. Do you ever feel like, uh, now that I'm a Christian, how come I don't just go up to heaven? Why am I here? Why don't I just go up to heaven where, where all the good things are and all the struggles are not? Why don't I just go up to heaven where all the pain and disappointments and all that stuff is gone? Because if heaven is my eventual home, why don't I just beam up there? Why don't I do that? Why? Okay. Um, Why am I still here? You know, after I shared this message last week in the Christian Life Center, I was communicating with a very dear friend. He's actually a mentor of mine, and he lives up in Tennessee. He was the Baptist student ministry director when I was in college at Tennessee Tech. And and anyway, he's, he's in retirement, and and he was affirming some of the things that he'd heard when he was following us online. And, and uh, he is, he's in retirement and spends much of the day caring for his wife, who is dealing with a lot of memory loss uh, and, and those kinds of things and, and spending a lot of time. In. And uh, we shared a few text messages and then a phone call. And he's affirming that the feeling can be very real where you start thinking, why am I still here? What am I doing? Is, uh, am I just going through the motions of day by day? Why am I here? And Paul said to Timothy, this is why. There is, there is a reason. You have a purpose. You're part of God's plan. And that's what I want to say to every single one of us that are thinking that. Why am I still here? You are part of God's plan, right? Everybody, everybody. You have a why. You have a purpose, okay? And there is fulfillment in knowing that you are part of something greater than just yourself. And so the first thing, and there are sermon notes in your bulletin if you're using those. The first point I want to make is this. Lean into God's purposes. Lean into God's purposes. He has a purpose. This is why you're here. You, you're, you're here so that you can be a part of God's plan. And you have a purpose. You have a why. Um, 
And God's going to use your gifts and your experiences, your pain. I heard someone say one time, and, and I've never forgotten this. They said, God never wastes a pain. He never wastes a pain. You know, the Lord uses all of this in our lives, and he weaves it so intricately into his purpose. And, you know, he, he weaves even the hard parts of our life to make his tapestry of his will so much more beautiful. It's not monochrome. It's a beautiful tapestry uh, of God moving his plan forward. And so in Christ, you are purposeful. You are not purposeless. You are purposeful. So lean into God's purpose. Because not only do we have a purpose, not only do we have a why, am I here? We all have a Crete, okay? That, that place that's a barricade to us getting to God's purpose. That place that's hard for us. That, that place that's keeping us um, for where we need to be. And they could be internal obstacles, that, that opposition. It could be things like temptations or bad habits or sins. It can be external forces that seem to get in the way of our spiritual progress. You know, and my Crete and my Cretans that are all around me um, can get me down. But there's a reason that we're here. And that reason is part of God's purpose. Moving on to verse 7. He says, uh, you know, an overseer is God's steward must be above reproach. In the context, Paul is giving qualifications for elders in the church. But in my opinion... And I think it's my sanctified opinion, not just my own. I think, I think God is saying this. These are standards for all of us. Not just for one person. These are standards for all of us. All of us need to be above reproach. Uh, the standards that are given here, they're for everybody. They're, it's the character that we should all have to be above reproach. Every single person that is in this room, everybody should try to strive for that kind of character. I mean, it says here, everybody should be above reproach, must not be arrogant. No one here is, is given permission to be an arrogant Christian, okay? I don't want to hang around arrogant Christians. I don't want to hang around angry Christians, violent Christians, drunk Christians. I don't, you know, no. You know, above reproach, that means a person who doesn't leave himself or herself open to accusation. All of us need to be above reproach. And, and, and we're not called to be a good example. God called us to be the very best example we can be. We're called to be great examples, not just good examples. We need to be great examples. So the point I want to make is this. In following Christ, set the bar high. Set it high in following Christ. Your spiritual progress, your example, set the bar high. Um, you know, don't have this mindset that I hear sometimes, uh, sometimes with a, a new Christian to say, now that I'm a Christian, um, what can I still get away with? What can I still do now that I'm, what, what's the closest I can get to sin without getting into trouble? So what can I do that, that I'm a Christian? Let me tell all of us here what you can do. Here's what you can do. When you become a Christian, here's what you can do. You can love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength, all your mind. And if there's anything that keeps you from doing that, don't do that thing. That simple? It's not hard. And it's not hard to say. It's hard to do. Okay. But we want to set the bar high, okay? And, and, and just set the bar high. What, can I, what is the most I can do for living in living for Jesus? Not what's the least I can do. And, and everybody in this room is a leader. 
This is for leaders. Everyone's a, a leader. Uh, Chip Ingram wrote, um, he wrote this one time. He said, you are the greatest Christian somebody knows. Grandmas, grandpas, moms, dads, you're the greatest Christian that your child or grandchild knows. So set the bar high. And you know, uh, my concern is not that people are not setting the bar high, that they're setting the bar not quite so high. My concern is not that. My concern is that there are a lot of people that are not setting the bar at all. They're not thinking about their spiritual growth at all. You come into church on Sunday, I've done my thing, and they're not setting, and they're not setting the bar high. Well, we want to set that bar high, be the very best we can, because if you're not setting the bar high, and if you're not setting the bar even average, you know where you're setting the bar? Nowhere. It's on the floor. It's on the floor. Low expectations. You're certainly going to meet them, but you're not doing anything for Jesus. Set the bar high. Set the bar high. I wonder why so many people who call themselves Christians in our culture live together outside of marriage. And, and, and this is just one example. This isn't the only example. When, when Christ's teachings clearly clearly, clearly, repeatedly say over and over again that the uh, only sexual relationship that's blessed and protected by God is that between a man and a woman in a marriage relationship for life. That's the only thing that's blessed and protected by God. So why are there so many, even Christians, that live together before marriage? It's because we're not setting the bar high. The, the bar is being set low, and we're just sort of following culture and just going along with the cultural trends and not letting the word of God and the Holy Spirit dictate what's going on. So I just want to say, as you're going into this year, set the bar high. I don't want to condemn you for whatever you're doing, because this can, this can apply in a lot of ways. But set the bar high, okay? Verse 8, he says, uh, this is what the kind of character you need. You need to be hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined, a lover of good. You know, that, that lover of good, it's one word in the original language. It's someone who just loves the things that are right and pure and, and, and honorable, okay? And so the next point is, if you're going to be someone who's uh, going to make a difference in this culture, is be good. Did your mama ever tell you that? You're leaving the house? Be good. Well, the word of God's telling you that. Be good. Just be Good, okay? Goodness is extremely important. Uh, after, my, uh, after college, my wife and I served as, uh, as uh, student missionaries in Germany. And uh, while we were in Germany, we were with a group of uh, student missionaries that were out throughout Western Europe, and one of our friends was stationed in Belgium. And when we came back for our debriefing, she told us about her time there, and she lived with a missionary couple. Uh, their last name was Reynolds, and she lived in this town, this little village in Belgium. And as she's going around trying to tell people about where she lived and what she's doing, uh, this new person in this village, uh, she, someone asked her, some lady asked her, said, well, where do you live? And she said, I live over in that house over there. Well, the lady didn't know the name of the people living at the house, but she said, oh, but I know that house. That's the house of the bon homme. Bon homme in French means the good man. That's the house of the good man. And it opened up doors for the gospel. You know, it's so important to be good. Goodness is extremely important. We need, to be, we need to be examples of what it is that's good and honorable. You know, in Psalm 34, it says this, Psalm 34, verse 14, turn away from evil and do good, okay? 
Seek peace and pursue it. We should be doing good. In the New Testament, how does it tell us to overcome evil? Do we fight fire with fire? No, no. In Romans chapter 12, verse 21, it says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So we want to, we want to be good, to be that kind of example. We're going to make a difference in this world. We want to be good. So building that foundation of godly living, I'm, I want to set the bar high. I want to be good. Let's move on. Verse 9. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. we got to hold firm to the trustworthy word. The word of God is trustworthy. Do you trust the word of God? Can I get an amen? Do you trust the word of God? Okay. We can trust the word of God. Okay, there are a lot of messages that are going on. There are a lot of messages that you are bombarded with and I'm bombarded with, okay? And, and, and how do you know what message is true and which one is correct? Because I tell you what, with all of the technology today, they can make a false message look exactly like it were the truth. How do you know what you can trust, okay? Well, let me tell you, you can trust the word of God. You can trust the word of God. We have core values here at this church. We try to share with people. The reason we share that, because I want on the tip of your tongue, those basic core values of living. We need it in this society. Our first core value is this, that Jesus is the way and the Bible is the map. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Bible's the map. So Jesus is the way and the Bible is the map. You can trust the word of God, okay? So the, Paul, the apostle Paul is saying here in verse nine, you need to hold firm to the map. You need to hold on to that map. It is trustworthy. You can trust it, okay? You need it for two reasons. He says, first, because you need to give instruction. We have another core value. Jesus is the way, the Bible is the map, and disciple-making is our mission. We have to make disciples. God's called us to make disciples. And what are you going to disciple them into? What are you going to teach them? The Word of God. You're going to teach them how to do the map reading, okay? We need to mentor others with the core values of Scripture. And then uh, the second is we got to rebuke those who contradict it. We need to know when people are telling you something that's going away from truth, how to get back onto truth, okay? So the point is this. A foundation for godly living includes being skillful at applying God's Word. And that's the next point. Become skillful at applying God's Word. Okay, since the Bible is the map, how good are you at map reading? I think people aren't as good at map reading as they used to be. We don't read maps. We don't take maps. Uh, we don't put an atlas in the car anymore. We just sort of follow what the phone tells us to do, right? Or ignore what the phone tells us to do, depending on how you're feeling at the time. But, you know, we don't get good at map reading. We don't know the destination, what the map says is where we're going. We just know the next step because we just... We just download our brain into the little device there. How good are you at map reading with the word of God? Do you know what it's telling you? And that means you got you to gotta hear it. You got to read it. Got to memorize it. When I say memorize it, I don't know how many times people say, but you know, I just can't memorize scripture. Oh, don't give me that. <laughs> How hard is it to remember Jesus wept, okay? You can get one in there. Or John 3, 16, you know, you have to get the word of God into you. At least got to try, okay? But not only do you got to read it and, and memorize it, we have to follow it. 
You know, I don't know where you are today in in your Bible skill. Okay, um, I uh, I don't know where you are today, but I don't want to guilt you at where you are today. But where are you going to be next week? What progress are you going to make this week? I mean, there, there's some things that you can do. Here's something you could do. You could learn to find the book Titus in a paper Bible. If you don't know how to do it, why not learn how to do that, okay? You're going to take a contents out. Maybe you don't know the books of the Bible and the names of the books and the order they come in. You could learn that. You're going to become more skillful applying God's word than you are today. Or maybe you're going to take Matthew 5, 6, 7, and 8. That's the Sermon on the Mat. You're just going to read that once a day. It doesn't take that long. And you're going to get familiar with the word of God and the words of Jesus Christ himself. What are you going to do? to be better at using the word of God today. I mean, that's so very, very important. So you can be better than you are today. I had a lady after the last service, she said, do you remember? Do you remember they used to do sword drills? How many of you remember sword drills with the kids and teach the kids how to do that? And I said, yeah, we need to do that. What we're going to do is the next senior adult luncheon, we're going to get the senior adults up there with a sword drill. What do you think about that? Yeah, but get into the word of God and get to putting the word of God in your, mind, in your heart because when, when discouragement comes, when confusing situation comes, when a temptation comes, God speaks his word into that situation. He speaks that word into your discouragement. He speaks that word into your direction. So become skillful. I don't care how skillful you are right now. Everybody can be just a little bit better. What are you going to do between now and next week? You know, because that way it can be that lamp for your feet and the light for your path. So anyway, because we all deal with our own version of Crete. Okay, that size society, that culture, those barricades that keep us from are trying to keep us from growing and progressing spiritually. We need a foundation And that's the kind of foundation, the word of God is the foundation that will transform our lives. Because we're called to be transformed, right? We're called to be changed. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans 12, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. In Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't just go with the flow. Don't just set your bar on the ground and just let the world take you wherever it is. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. The world doesn't know the word of God if they're not listening to the will of God. But we're supposed to discern and share it. That which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Lean into God's plan. Set the bar high. Be good. And become skillful with God's word because you are the greatest Christian somebody knows. Amen? Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this time. And Lord, I pray that if someone needs to make a step of faith closer to you that needs to build that foundation for godly living in a stronger way, Lord, I pray that you would give them the conviction, the discernment, the understanding of what needs to happen. And Lord Jesus, in this moment, if there's someone here that has not yet trusted you as Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that there's someone here that believes that you died for our sins, that you, you are alive today, Lord, that you came down in human form and that your death on the cross paid the penalty that gave us forgiveness. If there's someone here that understands that but hasn't yet committed to follow you, 
Lord, right now, encourage that heart to say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to commit. You are the king. I'm the creation. And Lord, I'm going to follow you to the ends of the world and into eternity. Boy, Lord Jesus, you do amazing things. Lord, I pray for each one of us here. We, we all have a foundation. Wherever we are today, that's our foundation. And all of us need to grow. And all of us need to be strengthened. And Lord, open up the doors of opportunity for each one of us, Lord. Whether it's a step of faith, a step, a step of church membership, a, a step to be baptized, or maybe it's just something internal, uh, this personal spiritual goal that you've called us to, and we've been hesitating to taking those steps. Lord, encourage us. Lord, convict us to move forward because this world is dark and needs to see Christians that are spreading the light. They need to see Christians that are infused with your light and your hope. And move among us, I pray. In your precious, precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand right now. We're going to have a hymn of response. And if God's calling you to, to make a public response, whether it's to say, I want to accept Jesus as Lord of my life or, or be a member of this church and join us in our mission and helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ, or maybe God's calling you to be baptized, you come forward, we'll, we'll match you with a counselor. We'll help you take that step of faith. Or if God is telling you to do something internally, if you'll just pray and let him move among you as we sing, let's let the Holy Spirit move in our hearts. Now 
Father, thank you that you welcome us with open arms, with your mercy and your grace. Thank thank you for your faithfulness in our lives, that you fill us with such good things. Father, as we recount our time together this morning, the words that we've sung, the words that we've heard and shared, and your scriptures, Father, your word to us. We pray that these things would change us from the inside out, that we would be conformed to the image of your Son, sanctified, justified, and holy as you are. Father, we pray that you will use these things that we've heard and done today as preparation for our week. We have divine appointments, Lord. We pray that we would be faithful in meeting those appointments and sharing our faith with others, the hope, the good news, the message of the gospel. May we see others come to a saving knowledge of you because of what we share. Father, give us that zeal and help us to be bold. Now, God, be merciful to us and bless us. Cause your face to shine upon us that your way may be known upon the earth and your saving health among the nations. Amen.